What do you do when you're an expert, but you're new at running a business? How do you manage the second guessing? How do you stop doubting yourself? How do you find the confidence to really put yourself out there? Because you know you know what you do. You just haven't done it under your own shingle, under your own brand, and under your own name. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at Choose to Have It All. And today we have an awesome episode for you. I'm so excited for this. If I manage to get the tech right and the audio right, you're in for something special. I'm doing a live coaching call with Brandy Johnson. You can find her over at heybrandy.com and that's Brandy with an I. She's a marketing expert, having done marketing for years and years for numerous small businesses and numerous independent clients. And now she's hanging out her own shingle. So suddenly she's wondering how does she put herself out there with full confidence when she's never really done the business part before. So we're going to be diving into all things imposter syndrome, how to get the inner critic out of the head, how to stop thinking back to other criticisms you used to receive when you were in your nine to five so that you can stand strong and stay confident and pave a path for your life and your business. Brandy's putting herself out there. I couldn't be more grateful. And I know that you all are going to learn from her experience too. So just sit back, have a listen, and we're going to dive in. Before you join the call, I did a little bit of intro and talked to people about how we're doing a live coaching call. Um, And I talked a little bit about your marketing business, but why don't we start with telling people a little bit about where you're currently at in your business, and then we can talk about how I might be able to help. Absolutely. Okay. So um, I am a marketing coach for small business owners who are struggling with feeling overwhelmed with all of the choices that they need to make about their marketing and underwhelmed with their marketing results. And I've been doing this for about the last year after leaving um, the world of corporate marketing where I worked for the last 14 years. So that's, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Do you want me to talk about my yeah. struggle? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about when I sort of put the call out for podcast um, coaching and you said, yes, me, I think me, (laughs) like what made you say yes to that? And um, where do you think you're currently struggling? How can I help? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have recognized this issue that I have had. Um, I recognized it when I was in the corporate world and I let it hold me back a bit there. And now that I'm in the um, entrepreneur space, I recognize that it's holding me back even more. And I think it's also something that a lot of other people probably struggle with, especially when they have had, um, I hate to say it, but sometimes mediocre middle management, um, people who didn't necessarily support them. And when they were in business and working for other people. And then when they went out on their own, um, they didn't have those examples of good leaders that they could follow. So my challenge is trying to figure out how I unpack the baggage that I have collected of these naysaying voices of the past and focus on the ones that really support my business moving forward. Okay. Um, 
that's a good spot to start. But why don't you continue? Um, because I've had a lot of managers in the past, like I said, I've done corporate marketing, I've done software as a service, I've done e-commerce, I've done direct to consumer. Um, I've, I've worked in a wide variety of industries. Um, and I've had a lot of managers in the past who have wanted to keep me exactly where I was because I was good at it. But instead of saying like, you're really good at this and let's help you take it to the next level. They said, well, you're really good at this. So just stay where you are. Um, and then they would say things like, well, you don't know enough about ABC or XYZ. So I'll handle that, like the strategy, and you can just go implement it. And I think sometimes they use those things to keep me in the worker B place because I was driving really good results for them. They were buying Porsches. They were, um, you know, buying more businesses. They were buying vacation homes. And unfortunately, them saying those things worked because you stayed still. I stayed still. Okay. And so now I hear those voices more strongly than I hear the voices. And I'm a very um, analytical person. So I look at the numbers and I look at it. I know it's weird for a marketing person to be analytical, but I look at the numbers. I say, I did this for over 30,000 hours. I've generated this many thousands of leads, this many millions of dollars. So my brain can tell me you are good at this and I can talk to people and connect with people and they they say the same things now, but I still let those negative voices win the karaoke sing-off in my head. Okay. All right. So can I jump in now? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All talking. right. Here goes. <laughs> so the first thing I want to ask you is where were you in your life when you decided you didn't want to work for the man anymore and you thought to yourself, I can do this for myself. I can work for myself. How did that start? Because that's the start of you arguing back to everybody who told you you couldn't, who said, stay still, stay small, stay in, you know, stay in your place, stay in your you had a voice at one point in time that said, you know what? I think I could do this for myself. I think I could help people under my own shingle, under my own name and under my own brand. So where were you in your life when that started? So that probably started about seven years ago, six or seven years ago. I was at a company and, um, there was an opportunity for a promotion. The gal who had been doing that job had less experience than I did, blah, blah, blah. She was moving on. And I raised my hand and I said, like, I would like to take on that role. And um, the the manager in that situation had had been, I guess, I don't, it sounds, vic I feel victim-y to say like he had been holding me down, but he hadn't really been encouraging growth for okay. several years. And when I raised my hand, again, he was just kind of like, oh, that's nice, dear. No, you just stay where you are. We're going to hire somebody else to do that. And at that point, I, I just got mad. Uh -huh. And I said, no, like, you, I, I'm not going to continue to do this so that you can live this brilliant life and I don't get to move ahead. So at that point, that's when I started, you know, pursuing this, this idea and this goal. And then I did work a couple of other working for the man type of jobs after that. Um, 
basically because it helped me build a nest egg to be able to kind of take that leap and go out on my own. Um, But it's always kind of been there since then. And when you took the leap, did you realize at any point in time that that was the moment you made the decision to leave that version of yourself and that story about yourself behind that you were no longer stuck in the middle? You were no longer being held in that lane because you had decided you were going to leave that lane? No, I don't think I ever really thought about it like that. I think I, um, even when I finally had this kind of last break from my last main employer, um, I still felt like, I almost felt like I got pushed into doing it, not like I made a conscious choice of it. Like, and I've tried to listen to myself and be like, no, this is amazing. This is the life that you pick. This is what you want for yourself. But I still haven't. I, I guess. Did you leave ownership of that? Brandy, did you leave because you were pissed off? Did, were you just because you wanted your own, like, you wanted to be in charge, you wanted to say when, you wanted to say yes, so you just left and it didn't feel like you were ever making the conscious choice of wanting your own business and running your own show and being in charge? No. Um, so I was actually starting my, my own business as a side hustle and okay. I was working uh, my day job. And then I had a couple of other clients on the side and then I was pregnant with my daughter and the, um, people that I worked for did had had no maternity leave policy at all. And so they were going to say that I could take three weeks or four weeks off oh. when she was born. And then, um, I needed to come back full time. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, And so then I said, well, that's certainly not going to work. Um, And so then they said, well, if you want to keep, you know, working with us, you can do, you can work for us as an independent contractor. And so I did that. um, And I still do a few projects for them here and there, but it wasn't like a conscious, like I am making this break. I am making this shift. I was, I I wasn't letting myself be ready. Even though I had everything in place, I still didn't, I I think I didn't have that confidence in myself to to get there. What I'm hearing, Brandy, is you started your business in the passenger seat of your car. So that like, it's the side hustle. It was the thing that you did when you had time, you helped people when you could, you kind of saw the writing on the wall with your employer that like, okay, they're not going to help me when I have my daughter. They're not family friendly. They're not going to have my back. I'm going to have to do this rather than like because it's reactive to what they said rather than being able to decide for yourself this is a type of industry that wants people to stay down because it's convenient for them I don't choose to stay down so I'm choosing to leave that's what your behavior is telling me that's exactly what your behavior is telling me because you could have gone back you could have quote unquote, been the victim, gone back to work for the man after only four weeks of having your daughter and done that. And you chose not to. But I think the story and the way you're interpreting that for yourself is you then never owned. I want to own my own business. You ended up feeling like you had to own your own business because nobody was giving you another option that would work for you and your family. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if we know that that's the root of this, that you never actively chose it, then the Brandy that worked for the man, the Brandy that sat in that meeting and listened to somebody say, no, little girl, not today, not your turn. You just stay right there. You never had that moment where you go, oh, hell no. 
that's that's not me. Like you can take your story of me and you can shove it because let me show you what I can do and watch me. And because you carry the like wah 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 version of this guy just kind of like muffling you down, I don't think you ever updated your story of yourself. Or just like to took the moment to say, like, I'm a freaking badass. Like, look at me. Like, I've made all these mo- like all this money for people. They have their Porsches. They have their this. They have their that. I'm not where I want to be, but I can get myself there. So I'm going to do this. You kind of quietly built a side hustle. What happens if we change the story to that side hustle was you quietly building a business? Because the word side hustle is way too, like, it's way too close to hobby. It's way too close to like a little passion project. What you were doing on the side while people were telling you to stand still was build a business. But you're nowhere in that story that you just told me. That's my story of you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And your behavior speaks directly against the story in your head. The story in your head is somebody said no, and you said, okay, I'll find another way. Somebody said no, okay, I'm going to do this. Somebody defined the way your family was supposed to be, and you said, yep, not not this time. I'm going to do this. So this business you're creating, of course, right? Like there's something that you're forgetting here too, is that of course you're going to second guess yourself. Of course you're going to doubt yourself. Your story about that is it's because the people at corporate used to tell you you can't. But my story is, is you're brand new with this. You're awesome at marketing. You have millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of leads and all of this stuff that all the stats, all the hours, but you've never done it as a business before. You're confusing your skill set as a marketer with your years of experience running a business. And because you're, and you're doing that because you're bringing in the story of the, the, sort of corporate marketer who was kept in line and kept in space at her job. I think that part of what you have to do here is look at like, you know, what is my behavior telling me? Because my behavior is telling me I secretly wanted this. I wanted my own business. I could see what I was doing for these corporate people. I could see what I was building for them, but I never owned it. I never said, like, I'm going to go and one-up you. And so you just quietly did it without owning it. I think this whole thing changes on a dime for you as soon as you recognize that you wanted to own your own business. I could see that, yeah. Is there a but there? No. No but. No, I think I, okay. I think I just have to figure out how do I make that shift happen. Um, I'm not afraid of doing the work, but like I don't know where that. You don't know what the work is. Yeah, I don't know where the lock on the baggage is. I don't. I can't find the zipper. Like to unpack it to make okay. that shift happen. Well, what does it mean to you if I tell you that if you look at the leads and you look at all of the stuff you've done, do you let yourself be proud of it? Yeah. Like what you've done before. Yeah, absolutely. So you can feel really good yep. about it and you can own it. And you know that the story 
that the managers had about you was BS. You said it, that as long as they had me as a workhorse, they got to keep their cars and I was bringing in money. So you know that their feedback for you was self-serving. Yeah. Okay. So where else in their opinion of things do you put their weight of responsibility? Did you value their opinions? You introduced them as people who weren't really good middle managers. You didn't really agree with them. You didn't think that they had a good leadership style. Um, you saw their weaknesses. Have you figured out why simply because they were in the boss title of you, they have weight over your story? Because you didn't agree with them on anything else. So why are you agreeing with them on this? Like, they weren't right about this. They weren't right about that. But that opinion of me that I wasn't worthy of a promotion, that just happened to be the one thing they, they're, like, awesome. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make no, sense. No, you're right. It totally doesn't make sense. I think, I think it's, a, like, I'm worried that they were right and I was wrong. But the numbers don't lie. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you can worry all you want. I actually don't care that you're worried. <laughs> like, I know, I know you would like to feel more confident, but what's happening here is like the numbers don't lie. You have this thought, you have this feeling that like, well, maybe they were right. And there's all kinds of ways to attack that. You can decide to like, go be a ball buster and prove them wrong and just I'll show them and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But where you're going astray is that you're allowing the fact that you have these thoughts inform your behavior. But you never have done that before. You've, you've always kind of secretly wondered if they were right, but you were still developing a side business. You always kind of wondered, maybe I'm only good enough for corporate, but still you were helping clients on the side and still you were freelancing and still you were putting in, like, you never have allowed those like little minion thoughts to eat away at you until now. What happens if regardless of like, if you had the confidence to know and believe that you were just a rock star at this, what would you be doing differently now that you're not doing for your business? How would you be showing up now in a way that's different than you are because you have these second guessing thoughts, doubts, and inner critics? I think I would be louder. Um, okay. Which, and what would, like, if you could tell the world, yeah. like, what do you want people to know now? Like, if you were just, like, what's loud? I think I would, um, I would actually kind of stand up and say, like, I'm a rock star and this is why. And this is why I do know my stuff. And I'm not, I'm not my competitors who, you know, haven't done the reps. You know, that's one of the things that you say a lot with a lot of people. And in terms of, you know, um, yes, I need to do my reps in establishing my business, but on the skill set side, like I've done that. I have those reps in. I can, I can bench press with the, be with the best of them. Um, mm -hmm. But I would, I would get a little bit louder about that, I think. And actually, I guess, re like you said, reframe that story into, this is, this is why I want to do this. Because the other thing is that like, when I, when I speak to my why, like I want my business because I, I don't want to help those people get more Porsches. I want to help the people who are building businesses to have better lives or to help more people. 
I want to help them succeed, not not that jerk over there get his seventh Porsche and his eighth Porsche. Okay. But those people are never going to find you until you get loud. Yep. So my question to you is, is if you know that it serves the guy with the Porsche for you to stay silent, why are you letting him win? Don't ask me hard questions. That's not fair. (laughs) But like, do you see? Like, like you're, you're giving that negative thought. You are giving that inner critic, like all this time, all this energy, and you're giving it oxygen because you're not taking action. So I've walked people through in the past, like an anxiety thought, right? And imposter syndrome and second guessing yourself and worrying about fear of failure, all of it, no matter what you call it, it's a, it's a problem with anxiety and nervousness. And what happens is we have this anxious thought. If I go loud, if I put myself out there and I say, you know what, after 3,400 hours of this and after thousands of leads of that and, you know, hundreds of thousands of sales in this, like I can tell you that I can get your business and I can get you 3X. I can get you 4X. And I know this because this is the system I do. If you don't say that, If you don't put yourself out there and you don't give that thought energy, the stuff that is giving you're giving energy to is the less than. So the more you keep quiet, the more you don't say those things, the more you're telling yourself there's a reason for this. You're validating the fear. You're validating the worry and the thought. The problem with mindset problems and the problem with confidence is everybody thinks to themselves, I have to feel confident before I do the thing. The reality is, is you're not going to get confidence until you do the thing because your behavior, as you just saw, changes the story. It doesn't change just because we're sitting here chatting about it. (laughs) It changes once you go and do it differently. So if you know that if you had that confidence, you would be owning your experience, you would be using your experiencing experience as a marketing message and you would be putting yourself out there. We have to get you to do that even though you're nervous. Because we could sit here and talk about it today on today's show. We could sit here and talk about it on tomorrow's show. But until you say, you know what so-and-so said the other day in their post that X, Y, and Z will lead to A, B, and C, I got to tell you that's not my experience. Or, you know, I saw other people the other day and they're talking about their shiny laptop lifestyle. I'm looking at their social media feeds and they have 100 followers. And I'm thinking that there's a disconnect between the number of followers they have and the size of their business. I'm wondering who's legit. If you don't say those types of things out loud and speak your truth, then your behavior is informing that inner critic. Because we can rail at the boss. We can decide he's a jerk. And we can say, we, you know, like he's an awful middle manager. He kept you down. But right now he still has all the power. Until we say, you know what? Like I was held back. I have to own responsibility that I probably raised my hand one too many times. Maybe I raise it once and hear no, and I raise it again and hear no. But that third time, instead of raising it, I should have left. So I'm going to own the fact that I contributed to that system for a certain amount of time. 
but I'm no longer going to contribute to that system. And I'm going to help people who don't know any other way. Does that, does that start to gel a little bit? Does that start to make sense or does it still feel too pie in the sky? No, no, that absolutely makes sense. I think, um, I think you're right. It's, it's just taking the action because things don't change by talking about them. It's, they change, they change by doing and by taking action. So. I also think too, that you have to pay attention to what's your version of loud. Because I think that maybe you have this story that you have to like do it differently. But I like, so if you could tell me, give me an example of like a marketing myth that if you were the super confident person, you would be calling BS on. Um, well, like the biggest one is that you have to be on every platform in order to be successful. Okay. So people are saying like, you have to be on every platform. You have to be on Pinterest. You have to do YouTube. You have to do LinkedIn. You have to do that. If super confident, owning her business, owning her stuff, Brandy had the mic. What is Brandy telling? So Brandy tells people that first you have to build your consistency, just like you were talking about in your group where you did 149 podcasts and now it's starting to work. You have to pick the platforms where your target customer is, where you're going to be comfortable showing up consistently and build your consistency on two amplification platforms first before you worry about any of the others. Because if you try to do it all, you'll suck at doing all of it. Okay. So what's the worst possible thing that happens if the boss brain is right? If that boss who says, like, Brandy, you don't really know what you're talking about. In actual, you know, in actuality, like, you really should have people, like, on four different platforms. Like, what's the worst thing that happens? You speak your truth. You say, you know what, y'all are being misled. You're being misguided. You're climbing up the wrong trees. What do you think the worst thing that's going to happen is? Um, I learn something, and then I have to backpedal and change and adjust. Okay. Are you willing to do that for the sake of helping of people? Of course. I, yeah, of course I am. Because that's how you talk back to the fear. It's this idea that if I do this, people might have a reaction. If I say this, people might think this. I think there's a couple of things you can do to prep yourself. One is have a plan. What are you going to do if the haters come out? What if the people who are threatened by your messaging, who feel like you're about to pinprick their own sort of inflated balloon in their own safety zone, start coming after you or start trying to bring you down? What are you going to say? How are you going to respond? How are you going to inform yourself so that if the hater comes out, you have a plan? Right. Yeah. I mean, and if they did that, I could, I could basically come back and say, you know, we're entitled to our own opinions. Everybody's businesses are different. And, um, I can, it sounds rude to say it this way, but you can also kind of say, prove it, prove that that's working better. Show me, show me your sense. Exactly. Because your stats don't lie. And what I think that you're missing is that you are, you have gotten your marketing reps in. And I I love that you've sort of embraced that idea because we need to get you to get your confidence reps in that your story about yourself doesn't change until you repeatedly act in contradiction to it. 
until you repeatedly have a behavior that goes against the story you've been carrying in your head. Because the story you've been carrying in your head is that your your sort of limit and your potential is only so high. Your secret little girl, six-year-old fear is that the boss might be right, that you can only go this far. But if he's right, it's still not the worst thing in the world because now you're doing it on your own dime, on your own time, running your own business. And that's still better than where you were because you get to spend time with your daughter. But on the off chance that he's way off base, <laughs> then you can raise the ceiling on what you're capable of. I think part of the story that you haven't said, but I'm absolutely hearing here, is you have limited your own story of what you're capable of. And so what we have to do is get you reps in of sort of saying your truth, of having people respond and engage, watching yourself go through the process of helping people so that you can see that like this self-defined upper limit you've created because you're so used to wanting to get to the top and someone's just kind of holding you there is that you can push that ceiling a little bit higher that you can ask for and shoot for more. Because what's happening is you're running your business as if someone's going to knock you down, so you're just staying safe. If you start pushing up against that, you're going to find your potential. But it only happens when you start talking about your expertise, when you start answering people's problems, and when you start publicly disagreeing with the information that's leading people astray. Because the people you want to help are them, those small business owners. Those are the people who are always misled. The corporate leaders have their consultants and their experts who say, go left, go right, do this. They have the brandies working for them. So they're going to be far less likely to make a mistake and get distracted up to Timbuktu than the small business owner who's desperate for the first dollar and the tenth dollar and the hundredth dollar. So if you can start targeting and helping that small business owner be better informed with your truth repeatedly, you will start to see that engagement shift. But so long as you inform your actions based on an old story, like you're never showing up for your business. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. So what I, what I really need you to do here is I need you to go back a little bit to the story of how your business started. And I think you like, when you talk about unpacking and finding the zipper, the zipper is paying attention, taking ownership of the pride in deciding to own a business. And if you can't find that moment when you go back and say like, oh, that's the moment I decided to do it. That's the moment I decided I was hanging up my own shingle and I was going to do it on my own and under my own name. Then I want you to recreate it now in present day, even though you've been doing this now for a year. But the, this is the moment I decided I was building the life and business on my terms because I was being kept down People were limiting my potential and I chose to believe differently because what ends up happening, and I, I so relate to this completely different, but you, and I think, you know, a little bit about my history, but before I had my brick and mortar, I was working in an agency for 10 years. And when I burned out of that job, 
I just needed something to, to do. Like I just needed something that was going to make me a little bit of money while I could figure out what I really wanted to do. Because my story at the time was I was going to be a lifer in corporate and I was going to be doing it forever. So when I realized that it wasn't allowing me to have a life, I was burning the candle at both ends. I needed to make a change. The most logical, easy change was to hang my own shingle and offer private therapies, uh, counseling services because I already had the license. I already had the degree. I could just do it. And my plan, and I picked the office I picked specifically because it didn't have a lease attached to it. I could do it month to month. And I was just going to catch my breath. I was just going to like see people one-on-one for as many hours as I needed to, to make, to pay the bills while I got my bearings. And then I was going to close shop. I never realized how much I was going to like owning a business. I never realized how much I was going to enjoy being a boss because I had never consciously decided I was going to open my own business. This was just the thing that was going to make me money until I figured out what I really wanted to do. And in that time, Brandy, from when I was just filling up dollars, I was just trying to make money. So I wasn't building a business. I didn't have a business plan. I wasn't advertising. I wasn't putting myself out there because that was my temporary gig. As soon as I took a, a like sort of stock of myself, it was like, you know what? This is mine. I'm building something here. I'm creating something here. That's when it became a business. And that's when I became the boss. And I think what's missing from your narrative is without that moment, you don't have a moment where you talk back to the boss, where you said, no, what your story of me is not my story of me. And without that like pivotal moment, that like grounding, I think you still are carrying that old story of yourself and then moving through the world accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And what feels comfortable about it? Because that's the other thing is there's a part of you that introduced this as I know I carry this old story. I know exactly how it came. I know why I think it. So you also, if you're saying that, you know, it's a story, you know, it's just one version and you've already identified it for yourself. So if you let it go, is there something about that that scares you or makes you nervous? Like, what do you get from holding on to the old story? Um, I think if I hold on to the story, then if I fail, it wasn't me failing. It was them being right. Like, I feel like okay. it's a safe, like I get to re-blame them instead of taking responsibility. Yes. Yes. That was going to be, that was going to be my interpretation too. I think that this idea of if you fail, we have to rework that a little bit. Because first of all, you've already looked at the skills and the stats that you have that imply that your skill set, your talent, your expertise is on point. Where you're new is being a boss. That doesn't mean you can't be a good marketer for people. 
that doesn't mean that you can't help rescue businesses, that you can't get people from almost drowning and out of the water and safe on shore. So part of this is recognizing that to be successful, the thing you need the most is your marketing skills. And you just have to do it for yourself. Because what you're identifying is you're awesome at doing it for other people. You haven't allowed yourself to do it for yourself. So your greatest asset in this is your expertise. To say, if I were my own client, if I just get objective, because you're going to have clients who are insecure. You're going to have clients who are going to be like, Brandy, you really want me to do this? Because like putting my picture on the internet, like I I don't look like a supermodel. Like people may not want to buy from me if they see my picture. Or, you know, Brandy, like I've only been doing this for like three years. Like I'm not really sure that you should be telling people I'm an expert or, you know, like you're going to hear that from every single one of your clients because your job is going to be to put them in the spotlight and they're going to have their own stories. And my story about you, Brandy, is if I told you that, if I said, you know what, like I only have this podcast, it, like, yeah, I have 180 episodes and yeah, the views are going, well, you know, the listens are going up every month, but I'm not on any of the iTunes charts. I can only, like, I don't even have 30 reviews for my show yet. Like, maybe this isn't my lead generating thing that I think it could be. You would immediately have the answer. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I need to just take take what I would apply to other people and apply it to myself. So if you do that, what do you start doing differently tomorrow? Um, I start taking more definitive action and stepping up to the opportunities when I see them and not holding back and waiting for someone else to find me and recognize me and my talent um, and start stepping up and saying, no, this is, this is who I am. This is my experience. And this is why I am the right choice as opposed to, I guess, like waiting for someone else to change the story. I just start changing the story myself through um, taking those actions. And what, what are definitive actions as opposed to what you've been doing? Let's get specific so we can, so that tomorrow we, you know, we press play and we start a new day for you. What does that look like? So what it looks like differently is, um, like actually pitching to people, um, actually defining my services more clearly on my website. Um, not just kind of, well, I kind of do this. I kind of do that. Just getting a lot more clear on who I am, um, how I serve, putting that message on my website, on my social media, and then actually starting to, to pitch to people who I know I can help, who I, who I see struggling, who I know I can help. And not waiting until everything is perfect and shiny and my list is a certain size, just stepping up there because that's how I'm going to drive the results for them and get the testimonials and um, all those kind of things and build my confidence on it. And when your clients have those moments of second guessing, when they say, gosh, Brandy, like, you really, like, you want me doing this thing? Like, you, you really think I have to go live every week? Or you really think I have to do this all the time? I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. What if people think this about me? At that moment of hesitation, at that moment of like, okay, fine, you're telling me to do this thing. Uh, yeah, you're right. I want sales. Yeah, you're right. I want this business. But holy hell, I'm a little scared now. What do you 
tell your client in that moment? Because tomorrow you're going to be empowered as all get out. We're going to have the call. You're going to feel like definitive action. You're going to feel like putting yourself out there. And then three days from now, three weeks from now, three months from now, the, 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 you know, the bug comes and starts itching at your ankle again. So what do you, what do your clients need to do in that moment when they start getting scared about putting themselves out there? So two things. One, um, is we always talk about like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Um, and the other thing is, is reminding people that because particularly in the online space, everything's moving so quickly, people don't have long memories. And so what you do today is often forgotten tomorrow. So you do it even though you're scared because you get the practice in and it gets easier every time you do it. But you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, somebody's going to see that first Instagram post I did six months ago because nobody's going to scroll back that far. Everything's just moving too fast for a bad memory to stick around. Okay. So I I like the pep talk. Now, the third thing I'm going to ask you to do is when you think about what you want if you were already the woman you wanted to be, if you were already the business owner you wanted to be, how would she be moving through the world? How would she be putting herself out there? Um, well, I mean, she would be more confident like that. That's what it comes down to is that um, she would she would own that truth. She would own own those successes and own those um, those opinions and stand behind them, not not second guess them or wait for someone to come knock them over. Okay. The other thing you're talking about here and you're not saying it out loud is that you would be doing it your way with your voice. That's what confidence right. is, right? Yeah. Is the ability to, to recognize that your vibe is going to be different. And I, I think an important part of this conversation that hasn't come up yet that I really want you to pay attention to for yourself, so I want to make sure we highlight it here, is the idea of self-acceptance and self-awareness. I think so often when we get in that like comparison-itis or we get imposter syndrome, we think, well, we're not like that, or we don't do it this way, or we don't show up in that way. And then that makes us second-guess ourselves. I think part of recognizing how did you come to get this successful with the clients that you had? How did you come to generate the leads? Because you probably had a very different sales style and marketing style than some of your peers. I would want you to look at that. What makes you different, how you move through the world, the like your strengths and your weaknesses as a marketer, as somebody who does this so that you can self-accept enough to do it your way, because that that's the most important tool to, to confidence is owning who you are and not trying to be someone else. And nowhere in this dialogue did I hear you comparing yourself to other people. I don't, I don't think that that's a conscious thread, but that's the first thing that happens as soon as we get scared. And then we try to do it differently. And it's really important to me today that I highlight for you this idea that you have to tune into how do I move through the world? What are my strengths at this? Like, yes, I've generated leads. Yes, I've done this. But just like I'm telling people, you don't have to be on every social media platform under the sun 
and like, what do I believe for myself? What are the social media platforms I want to be on? How do I want to show up? What's my voice? What's my style? Because I think that if you don't do that gut check, then part of finding confidence involves puffing up because there's nothing solid there. But if we can get you to really know yourself, not just your numbers, but how you came to do it, your style, your way, because you know me, like I'm not somebody who's telling you to journal, right? I'm not telling you to become, you know, come up with a list of things to be grateful for. I'm telling you that I don't care that you're worried. Let's change the story by changing your behavior. That's my style. You could call another mindset coach and somebody's going to tell you like, you know, a completely different approach to attacking these demons. That's like what you're hearing in that. And you're hearing in my direction and my confidence on each episode is that I know my style and I know how I deliver results. That's the other thing that you need in addition to your numbers, because that's what's going to give you the confidence, not just the numbers, but how you came to learn those numbers. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And how do you, and how do you think you are different when you look at like the people you've worked with and your colleagues and everybody got good numbers? Some people didn't get good numbers, but how, what about you stands out for you when you look at that and when you compare what looks different for you? So one of the things that I really did differently is that I think I started trying to do almost like that relationship marketing before relationship marketing and before content marketing was a, was a a buzzword. So okay. I focused on like the customer's outcomes. Where were yes. they trying to get as opposed to how many views did I get? How many um, interactions did I get? It was what were the outcomes and not the outcomes for the business, but what were the outcomes we were looking for, for the customers and how did we get them to those outcomes? Because then when, when you led with that customer first approach, that actually got you results. It wasn't about like the, that I changed the emails from text-based to HTML or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now when we go back to that dastardly boss who said, you know what, the good try, but we're going to hire out. If you had talked to him about those fundamentals that, you know, seemed to work and got you the numbers, would he have agreed? Um, he would say, well, you know, those, those aren't, aren't really that new. Right. So he didn't really agree or didn't see it as special and didn't see it as magic. So you're talking about somebody who doesn't believe and have the same approach as you. And you're using his voice to inform your approach for your new business. I think part of what's missing here too for you is finding yourself a better mentor find not just people, not other marketers who agree with you, not other, you know, people who can say, yeah, like you tell them, <laughs> but like, I, you, I think you probably need another, like you need another mentor who believes in relationship marketing, who believes that showing up for the client is the, you know, the best way to longevity in terms of sales and business longevity. Um, because what's happening is you don't agree with this guy on anything. But now he's informing the way you're running your current business. We have to get him to shut up. And one of the ways we can get him to shut up, in addition to everything we've talked about today, is to replace him. Right. 
Because what you might also be identifying for yourself is even though you're not in the corporate world, even though you want to own your own business, you may still be someone who needs a mentor. You may still be someone who you want to be able to do a checks and balances with, or you want to run something by. So if if there's nobody there, we go back to the old well. My, you know, my additional advice for you in terms of unpacking this and, and ditching this old story once and for all is we have to replace it with somebody who's meeting you where you're at today and believes in you where you're at today. That some of this you can do on your own. I think it starts tomorrow with changing your message with correcting things that you see online, offering an alternative point of view, having the hard conversations, lining up those pitches and schedule those pitches in when you say like, I know I could be cold pitching. I know I could be reaching out to people, like put them in your schedule. But then I also think that part of the background work you got to do is start keeping your eye out for somebody who you can who can mentor you and they may not even know they're mentoring you like i have people that i follow they have no idea that they're mentoring <laughs> me but like but to, that like you can like sort of go back to to with your voice of reason so that we're replacing the old voice with a new person who's meeting you where you're currently at and we're changing your behavior. So I just kind of want to recap this because I, I tend to shoot from the hip so much and I give people so much that then at the end of the day, they don't always know what to do with it. So I want to <laughs> like get really clear that the first thing we got to get you to do is come back and own the moment you decided to be a boss. And if you can't pick the specific moment, then make it now and recognize that my behavior is telling me before I believed I could be a boss, before I even really sort of entertained the idea that I could own my own business, my behavior was telling me that I was acting as a boss. I was being a leader. This is the moment that I decided my old story is not worth keeping. And then just like we talked about, waking up tomorrow and taking those definitive action steps, having the people that you're going to pitch that you're going to pitch to, recognizing who you are, how you move through the world. Your value is relationship marketing. So now we know that that should be in your messaging. When you go back and fix your website, you're going to be telling people your point of view and you're going to be using that keyword relationship marketing because that's what makes you different. And you're going to put that out there. You're going to pitch the people you're going to pitch. You're going to put your own opinions out there. You're going to disagree with people who who, um, who are, you know, spouting nonsense and you're going to start to redefine your story because you're now the driver in the car of this business. You've moved from the passenger seat and you've gotten yourself into the driver's seat. And along the way, if you see a mentor, you see someone who inspires you, you see somebody who gives you like inspiration feels like is speaking your song, then you're going to stop and take a listen. Does that it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and is there anything missing from this? Like, ha, like, does this feel like we have a plan? Because if it doesn't feel like we have a plan, or you're like Heather, there's this one thing, but like I don't know this, or I'm missing that. Like, then let's talk about it and pick it. No, no, I think it it really makes sense, and um, I'm really like excited and energized because I've been sick of hearing that voice and letting them have power. But I wasn't, I guess I wasn't ever taking that power back for myself. 
and saying, this is how I get to do this. Um, I was, I think I kept waiting for someone to give me the power, not recognizing that I had the power to take it. Well, you also already did it. Like your behavior took the power. Like you, you said, well, no, like I'm taking care of my family. I'm not, I'm not doing it this way anymore. Your behavior took the power. You just didn't pay attention to it when you did it. You know, it's like you were all, you know, it's like activists who don't even realize because they stood up and walked out that they made a stand because their story is, is they didn't say anything (laughs) so that they don't even realize that they had a moment of activism. It's, it's the same thing is I don't think you've paid attention and sort of put a stamp on these moments where your behavior is speaking directly against that story that you're incapable. You have the stats, you have have the numbers and you have the ability you've said it yourself the only reason why this isn't working is you're not doing what you would be having your clients do and we got to get you doing that which means brandy you are going to be uncomfortable for a little while longer because as much as it's awesome to feel energized and excited to talk to me as soon as we hang up the phone today like we we can't fix it in an hour like right like no i'm good but i'm not back (laughs) turn it but damn it but over time when you keep watching yourself repeat the behavior of acting as if of moving through the world as if putting your opinion out there seeing your ability to roll with the punches when people disagree with you or when your content is ignored or you have a misstep and you have to realize that like oh right right the internet has a really short memory i'll have a new start tomorrow all of that So that like in three months, and I, this is actually a good tip. I like to do this with people in three months, make a note on your calendar and say, so that's basically 90 days, right? Make a note on your calendar. How's my confidence level today? Because you will have updated your story with three months of consistent behavior. But you have a little checklist now that you can follow. Have I taken definitive action? Have I pitched to people who I know I can help? And have I put my opinions, those I agree with and those I disagree with, out in the world? And if you've done that checklist for 90 days and you keep doing that, moving through the world as if, in 90 days, your story, if we were to get you back on the show, and I invite you to do this again, <laughs> if, we, if we've successfully done the tech and the audio, totally come back and see where we're at in 90 days. But that's how the story changes. I think a lot of times people think that like they can do mindset work, and I'm just going to like give them like their like aha moment and the mic drop moment, and they're going to get off the call and be able to do all these things without anxiety. You're still going to be nervous. You're still going to be uncomfortable. But hopefully what we're doing today is informing that nervousness, informing that discomfort so you can put a name to it. It's, oh, that's my old boss. I didn't agree with him on anything. (laughs) So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to act as if he's right. Like, why would I, why would I do that? Oh, I get that. That's right. I'm new at business. Like I've only been doing this for 13 months. Of course, I'm kind of feeling weird about putting myself out there. All business owners, because all of your clients, you know, this, your clients who've been in business for a year or less are super nervous, second guessing themselves all the time, not quite sure what they're doing. Oh, right. This is what new business owners go through. I've got that. 
so that you can continue to act differently. And then my guess is within two weeks, you're like moving through the world a little bit differently. In a month, it's a little more. Until then you realize, huh, remember when I used to be really afraid of this or remember when I thought it was going to be the end of the world if. But the key here is you got to do it even if you wake up tomorrow going, oh my gosh, what did Heather say? Like, oh, I don't, like, I think I missed something or like, you know, maybe it was just a good chat because I think that's how my, like, good mindset work means putting it into action every single day. Like, that's why I do my podcast every day, right? Like, it started out as this simple experiment where, like, I just wanted to learn how to do it as fast as possible. So I did it every day. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Like, mindset, when done well, you're doing it every day so that you do this every day. And by the end of the summer, your story of yourself has totally shifted. Right. Yeah. Do you have any other, uh, do you have any other questions or any other thoughts or anything before we wrap up? No, I'm super excited. Um, I'm, I'm totally okay with being nervous about doing things. I do a lot of things that make me nervous. Um, but I, I feel really good about the fact that doing those things is going to help me squelch that voice that I'm tired of hearing. So, so that helps me, um, move, move forward because there's another purpose, a greater purpose towards taking those actions. Um, and even having with the internet, having a short memory span, I still get the benefit of doing that from, I guess, getting yes. that rep in. Um, cause like I said, it has that, that secondary purpose. Yes. And one of the things I would do is every time you get one of those reps in, make a note of it. Even if it's like the old fashioned single line, four lines, and then you cross it for a set of five, <laughs> like, even, like make, like put a stamp on it. Because I think one of the things we do sometimes is when it doesn't go well, when we get the hater comment, when we get somebody second guessing us, we like put all this weight and attention on this, but we don't put the stamp on the moments where we're like, nailed it, did it, got it right. Like that totally worked. Yes. I was scared. I did it anyway. And the world didn't end. Like, so make sure that as you're getting those reps in of confidence, you're, you're putting a stamp on it. Um, and you're acknowledging for yourself that like, this is me doing well. You're tuning into the good. You're seeing your positive actions. And then you can use your numbers and measure the heck out of it. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much for doing this with me today. I'm so I'm totally nervous wrapping this up going, oh, God, did it record okay? Are we good? Um, but it looks like it's still recording from my end. And if this works, I'm going to be inviting any listener who wants um, their seat turn in the hot seat to join us and do as Brandy did. Um, Brandy, here's your chance to just tell people if they're a business owner, who you specifically want to help and how they can find you. Oh, thank you. Um, so if you're a business owner and you feel like working with someone who has tons of marketing experience but is new in the business world, um, I love helping people who are building businesses that serve their lives and build on their passions for helping other people. So that's content creators, that's coaches, that's people who are creating those types of products. Um, and you can find me over at heybrandy.com and it's Brandy with an I. 
<laughs> I said that in my introduction too. I said Brandy with an eye. That's awesome. Brandy, thanks so much for doing this. I look forward to chatting with you again and catching up on how you're doing. I appreciate you being the first person in the hot seat for a while. Um, that was a real vulnerability on your part. So thanks for daring greatly putting yourself out there. And I really look forward to catching up. Thanks so much for doing this. It was a lot of fun. And I'm really excited to see where I am in 90 days. Yay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. You take care. I'll talk to you. You too. Bye-bye.